and welcome to the Secret Lives of Chiropractors, where we get personal with chiropractic leaders, mentors, and influential entrepreneurs. And when I say personal, I mean really personal. So personal that the things that they share in here and open up about, they haven't shared anywhere else. And today I had Dr. Billy DeMoss for the second time. I've only had a few people on here twice and Billy's first uh, episode received so much heat that we had to bring him back for part two. So if you haven't listened uh, that first episode, make sure you tune into that first episode. And uh, definitely today's conversation is next level. He talked about his relationship, the struggles in his relationship, uh, drugs. We obviously talked about alcohol and addiction and his struggles uh, during the pandemic. I also asked him about his prediction about what's coming up. And let's just say what he said about his prediction about travel. Um, I I didn't like that. Yeah. So listen in and let's see if it comes true. This conversation was so fun and it will definitely give you a new window to see Billy through. I um, have said this before on the last episode with him. The most powerful thing about Billy is that he knows exactly who he is and he knows what he stands for. And I think that that is one of the most powerful things that we can work on as human beings. The truth is though, that most of us, we don't know who we are. We don't have a clear vision and we don't know where we're going. There's got to be a lot of unlearning before we can get in touch with those parts of ourselves. A lot of old patterns are gonna have to die before the truth of us, of who we are as human beings, can emerge. And if you want to step into that power this way and drop all those old patterns that don't serve you anymore, then you can head over to www.elevate.me and elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. And you can join me there. Every training session in there that we, we actually release one a week, but every training session in there, every coaching call we have in there, all the group text messages, the, the purpose of them is to allow you to express more of who you are and less of all the things that hold you back. So if you're interested, um, check out elevate.me. And I hope and I know that you'll enjoy today's episode. Make sure you listen in as we dive a little bit deeper with Billy DeMoss for a second time. Be sure to subscribe, share, comment, and connect with me on social media and tune in to the next episode. All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. I've got, for the second time, somebody that needs literally zero introduction. Uh, Let's just call him the black sheep of the black sheep if you watched the first episode with Dr. Billy DeMoss. I'm super excited to have you back, Billy. Thank you for giving me your time. Yeah, it's fun. I I love hanging out with you. And I told you you were beautiful. I don't know if I can still do that, but I did. You know, like I said, some people will be offended by that, but it won't, it won't be me. I knew you wouldn't be. So that's why I said it. I always, I always know the people that are really not cool. You know what I'm saying? It's not the word I wanted to use, but that's what the word we'll use right now. Okay. (laughs) Now, since we're recording. (laughs) 
All right. Love it. So um, you and I were just chatting about psilocybin right before we got started. We, it got it started to get juicy and I was like, pause, I need, we need to start recording, recording this. So last episode, and by the way, anybody, if you haven't watched the last episode, go watch it uh, that, that we did with Billy DeMoss. It was the very first episode we released of The Secret Lives of Chiropractors and, uh, and, it's, and it was juicy. We did touch on uh, mushrooms, microdosing. We talked about a couple of experiences of macrodosing at the zoo. We said, don't do that anymore. And um, yeah, so, and then you said you you watched that movie, which I haven't watched it yet. It's called Change Your Mind, right? How to Change Your Mind is a documentary by Michael Pollan on Netflix. Yes, so, and then you said you were experimenting. So tell me what happened, what'd you guys do? Well, the, the, the documentary starts with LSD which I've never done because I never did synthetics. I mean, that was, uh, then they had an episode on uh, psilocybin, mm-hmm. which I used to grow. I told, I think I mentioned that the last one in my, in that spare bedroom, actually in the closet. Uh, and then the third one was on uh, MDMA, which is ecstasy. And there's a lot of medicinal benefits. I mean, I had no idea about a lot of this stuff. I mean, I knew the things with, uh, Bill W. from uh, Alcoholics Anonymous really wanted to integrate LSD into the program because it has an 80% success rate with reducing uh, addiction or eliminating addiction. Mm-hmm. And the third one was on peyote, which I found really interesting and cool. So uh, the same guy that turned me on to growing mushrooms as a kid always talked about, well, we should you know, do some peyote sometime. And I go, oh, I think I'm just fine with the mushrooms. In fact, I I told you I lost it at the zoo. And the thing with any type of hallucinogen, you need to have set and setting. Your setting really has to do with where you're at. Like, like, I, like I'll, I'll talk about my ep- most recent episode. And set happens to be your mindset. You want to be in a good frame of mind. You don't want to be, you know, in like a state of sorrow or you just yeah. up with somebody or something because then that, that's not going to uh, – provoke uh, a, a good experience uh so after watching this special i really got kind of inquisitive about it and i've had some mushrooms that i have on my desk for certain people because i think they're I've, I've talked to even chiropractors in the profession about uh some of their issues with depression addiction and recommended that they try a macro dose with some type of guidance of course and I didn't think I needed any guidance because I don't know. I don't. You're an expert in this. You're like, well, I think because I've seen the worst that you could see. So I, everything else is going to be pretty cakewalk. Going to the zoo was a bad experience. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, Don't do that. Hold on though. I want to, I want to add a third one. So there's set, there's setting, because this is important, especially if you are listening to this and you're brand new to this kind of stuff, there's set, there's setting. And I think dosage. Oh yes. Very good point. Right. Like know how much you're taking because there's microdosing. They'll give you one kind of experience. And then there's macrodosing. They'll give you a whole nother experience. And then yeah, and there's everything in between, too. Yeah, you know? in between. If you do like seven grams, you're going to go see God. OK. Yeah. Uh, and what I did is I split. Uh, 3.5 grams, which is an eighth ounce into 16th for Jane and I. And that's what we did at the beach because I didn't want to see God, but I did want to kind of. Connect. have a good experience so you know and when i'm driving down there i kind of was thinking maybe i should have waited till i got to the beach before i did it but you know how it is maybe you don't know how it is and then i i was starting to feel it a little bit but then when i got to the beach it got so magical mm. and i kind of like when i was first going into the water i was going 
I don't know if I can do this, you know, because I felt like a little bit wobbly and surfing something where you need balance, you know, I don't know if it was just kind of overthinking it, but then as soon as my body felt the water and the, just the nurturing, just touching your skin and the water just felt so silky on my hands and the sun was just like, felt so warm on my body. And it was just, and the water was so refreshing and it was just, and then I paddled out and I, and then I felt I, I really kind of came together for just my connection. You know what I'm saying? And then I just took my first wave and it was just, it, it's hard to describe surfing to begin with. If yeah. you've ever done it, riding, you're riding moving water. It's not like you're on a mountain with a hill. You're riding something that's actually in its own sense, it has its own energy and its own life to it, your lifespan. And there's no, there's no two waves that are ever going to be the same, you know, it's, uh, and each wave has its own personality, you know, some are mean and some are nice and sweet, but it was kind of a, just a in-between day. And I it just rode the first wave and it was so magical. And then everything from, and it was like, also my interaction with the other surfers in the water was just like, I was having so much fun. I, I don't know if I was, I thought it was funny, but there was a whole group of these Chinese, it was the Chinese surf team that had been coming to surf at the same spot. And sometimes it can be very frustrating because they bring like 20 people at one time and they don't have a lot of etiquette. They're very, very aggressive in the water, but I was a little bit more receptive to that. And I actually learned a bunch of their names and we were talking and, you know, they're so cool. They were, they, it sounds like it, it changed. Like you would have had a completely different experience, even like the interactions. Oh, of course. If you weren't taking and, and what a beautiful thing and why not? Right. And that's the whole thing. We've got this stigma that we have this puritanical kind of relationship because we've been driven to believe what we believe. And, and the, the, the church was probably the biggest driver of that because the church mm-hmm. felt really uncomfortable with you being able to access God through another medium other than the church. And there's so many religions that use it across the world. They use all types of, uh, just call them hallucinogens or uh, psychedelics that really help them really get through, not get through life, but it really receive the divinity, the nature of God, you know? And I never had any, like when I was growing up, I was 21, I would, I would try really anything, you know, uh, except for heroin because I didn't like needles. Uh, and I know I kind of went into the addiction thing last week and I'll touch on that when I finish. but you know, and there's also the, the other magical experience of seeing dolphins of, they come up to you and it's like, they almost, almost in a sense do. I mean, I, that's what I thought that I knew I was, you know, going through a psychedelic experience and the birds and everything. It was just like, it was so magical. And it, I surfed for four hours and it was just like, I, I can't explain to people it's like going to Disneyland, but way better than going to Disneyland. And I hate freaking Disneyland. Okay. So, you know, last time you, you, uh, you had a very good description that I think was like, perfect. You said it kind of like opens up the veil and, and if it, yeah, it takes all the mind, like over life, we get this going, we got my, we get so myopic and what it does, it just opens your mind to see more than you've been seeing in the past. You, your sensory perceptions enhanced to a point because what we've gotten to a point is like, if I was out there on a regular, I'm just surfing, only surfing. Well, yeah. you know, but this was like, 
I'm going to, I'm going to interact with the people in the water. I'm going to really enjoy all the animals that are circulating. We're all enjoying this day together and we're all part of the same universe and we're all, you know, we're all part of the same planet, you know, and you you get more, you get more, you, you feel more love. I think, I mean, again, I'm not advocating people do it. I'm just, I, this is what I did. But again, if you get into the whole, use of psychedelics how they've been used for centuries to connect with god and for different cultures as part of their religions as part of their uh tribal routines whatever just watch the videos i tell people watch the videos before you judge what somebody says because you'll have a whole different uh perspective on it you know yeah and i don't know if you experienced this but some some people will say oh well that's kind of like you're either it's another form of numbing or it's another form of like no it's not numbing it's anti-numbing it's it's the exact opposite of it and i don't for me at least what i experienced i actually did that recently and what i experienced was that the following days like i was so much more receptive to receiving my i felt my frequency my energy my emotions were different than they had been. So I felt this elevation in my, in my energy or in how I was perceiving the world or how I was experiencing the world. And it wasn't experience an elevation in your innate innate potential to live life at a higher level is what you did. Sign me up. Yeah. So if that doesn't sound good to people, then don't do it. I mean, uh, and again, I'm not advocating, don't do like three and a half grams and then drive on the freeway. I'm not telling you to do that. You get, Again, maybe you have guidance on it, but uh, especially if you've got depression issues or problems with PTSD or alcoholism or addiction. And again, people go, oh, well, it's just another drug. It's not a drug. I get drugs are synthetic man-made chemicals, okay? Uh, well, again, you can look at heroin too, but I think all those things are so processed that, uh, I don't know, they're fungi, they're yeah. mushrooms, they're there, yeah. okay? And hey, cannabis, cannabis is a plant, okay? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And disclaimer again, if you're going to do it, make sure you know what you're doing. And if you don't like it, then don't do it. If you don't like yeah. this conversation, then don't do it. Yeah. Right. We're not I'm, not av- I'm not advocating anybody do it. I'm just saying that's what I did. And I'm sharing my experience. After watching the show, I was really intrigued. And also, it really, you know, I've had those things sitting on my desk forever. So I figured, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to try it. And we did. And it was, amazing so there you go folks yeah and yeah as you know i'm you know i've got problems with alcohol like i said last time that's why i don't drink but you know it's not like i do mushrooms and go i gotta have another mushroom it's just like it's like you do it and you're done you know i've never had any addiction problems with cannabis either you know so yeah yeah so and i know some people do but i don't i've got the one with the ethanol so i hear you which let's talk about that for a second. Last time we talked, you, you really shared, and I'm, I'm so grateful that you did because it's, it helps so many people. You've shared about your struggles with addiction to alcohol and even like your, your family and, you know, having it be a, having a genetic factor there too. What was it that true? Cause you'd been, were you clean for like so many years? Yeah. Like America? 10 10 years. And then, so what was it that brought out or was a trigger? Let's call it uh, relationship stuff. Do you ever have those issues ever in your life? (laughs) I'm recently divorced. So, okay. So yeah, then you do. 
I do. I wasn't sure that I wasn't sure what your standing was with that. I just yeah. had heard stuff, but I don't really like pry too much into people's personal lives. Yeah. Yeah, just stuff going on in life. It was also, you know, a little bit of the pandemic. And I also felt like it was kind of the end of the world. And I was stuck in friggin' Canada on a helicopter trip snowboarding. And mm-hmm. They said we weren't going to be able to go home for two weeks because we had to quarantine up in the freaking okay. middle of. We were like way up by Alaska, dude. We were like way the fuck north, yeah. and uh, there's no people around anywhere. So if we're going to be quarantined, it was a cool place to be quarantined. But you know, and I kind of started drinking on that trip, and it kind of just again, it was just like you know, you think you can do it again? You think you? Go, oh, I got it, man. There's no problem. And then slowly. It gets its fangs in and it just starts to take over your mind. And, you, and then you start to realize, like, I'm back on that friggin' track again, you know, and just like. Yeah. So that's what kind of, and then, then, you know, all kinds of shit, you know. Yeah. Practice at first was not doing well, but then it friggin' blew up. Yeah. Uh, so that was part of it. And then I kind of recame, you know, remaintained or I got composure again. I got it back together. Yeah, you did. Because then I got weak. I got I got lazy. You know, I got lazy on the things that I did to help me get off of it. That you get complacent in life. Oh, I don't need that shit anymore. And then you start to realize that you do need that stuff. You need to have regular attendance with people that understand you. You know that because you know, like if you have cancer or you get diabetes or you have heart disease, people. Well, you have, they feel sorry for it, but if you get afflicted with a genetic disorder for the proper processing of alcohol, then you're just a drunk, which is not the case. I mean, I wish people, that's why I like to hang around people that understand. It's not like, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of uh, genetic issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. And you're not, this is the difference is I don't see you saying I'm a victim to this. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, I take what it is, and I you take full responsibility. These these are the things I used to do that kept me. If I had cancer, I would do things like I would do hyperbaric. I would do I would do uh, immune modulating mushrooms. I do cannabis. I do P EMF. I would be getting adjusted. I would be doing oh, I'd be doing all the things to help me get rid of that disease. And again, I got there's certain things I need to do to keep my disease at bay. Mm-hmm. And prevent it, you know, from being expressed. So again, I realize I'm not saying I'm a victim. I'm just like, I'd rather have that disease than freaking cancer. Or you know, like I just had a friend tell me he's got freaking, uh, what was it, lung cancer that metastasized to his brain. I'm going, I don't have any problems, man, because that shit's heavy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can yeah. snivel about your life and cry about shit, but somebody's always got something way worse than you got. Like. Uh-huh. I was sniveling the other day and I heard about some lady that lost two kids that were two kids in a car accident. It's just, and then I had a patient come in the other day that lost her son in a car accident. It's just like, I can't even comprehend what that would be like to. So it's just like, we can snivel about our little problems and shit. They're all first world problems. When you think about, you know, yeah, the stuff that some people have, the crosses that people have to endure in life. And my cross is nothing compared to their crosses. I'm not wishing it on anybody. But the thing is, it's real simple. Fucking just don't drink. You know, yeah. what I'm just don't pick up a cocktail. It's that simple. Right. But then you start to think, oh, I can do that. But like, you could have one drink. Can't you? It's, no, I can't. And I don't want to. I'll just drink fucking water. 
I don't know if you cuss on this show, but I just had to cuss. We we do. We totally do. Um, okay, so that that sounds pretty intense. Like it sounds intense for me, but definitely like knowing your personality and knowing my to be quarantined in general during the pandemic, you know, in Canada, that does sound horrifying. When it wasn't horrifying. It was just that I felt that the wheels were coming off the train and the world, you know. Yeah. Which I still think is happening. Maybe it's not as happening as fast as I, I mean, I just know where this is all going. You know what I'm saying? Right. I kind of feel like loss of control, right? Like you lose control. Like yeah, yeah. I don't have control over where the world is going or as much as I think. I but do. I wasn't bummed out about being there. I yeah. said, if I'm going to be stuck somewhere, that would be a good place. Cause there was plenty of water there yeah. water, and there was food. There was salmon this big swimming through the, it's just like, it was a cool place to be. Cool. They weren't going to fly the helicopters for free, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for again, first first world problems, right? Yeah. So wait, tell me. Um, prior to to this the, the pandemic, when what was the like an experience that you had where you felt the loneliest or you had like the biggest struggle in your life prior to the pandemic? Are you talking about with my uh, no, realizing with- that I had an issue with alcohol or it could be anything like it? Like when was a time period in your life where you're like, this is the darkest moment of my life or like, how, how do I get out of this hole? And then how did you get out of it? Well, I mean, I think I could answer that. It seems like two different questions to me. I mean, I had, I think one of the darkest parts of my life was when my brother passed away. Mm. But I, I didn't drink over that. Right, right. Doesn't have to because do. That's, with what, he, that's what he really died from. He died from uh, alcoholism, you know. Right. Uh, and prior to that, the reason I I just didn't feel good when I was drinking, and I didn't feel good when I was sober. I was just like I I was chemically, physiologically effed up. Yeah. And i always used to say this to myself i'd always go i can't get there from here i was like trying to get somewhere mm-hmm. that i couldn't go i mean i didn't feel like i could get there sober and i didn't feel like once i got a couple of drinks in there, i could still get access where i wanted to be so mm-hmm. that's when i realized i had a problem it was just like and i don't know if there was anything really driving that in my life my life's been pretty amazing i'm not, like i say this all the time i've I guarantee you of every person that's walked this planet since the existence of time, nobody's really experienced the same level of travel and experiences that I've had. I'm so grateful to God. Like I could die tomorrow. I have the most amazing life. And I just, that's why I really get concerned about these, these kids. Are they going to have the same opportunities in life to travel and snowboard and surf and experience different cultures and life? Life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you look at where we're headed, I don't think we're going to have the same freedoms that we had. And I'm not being a pessimist. I'm being a realist on seeing that the whole thing's already been rolled out as far as they predicted, as far as it has. My objective is to get people to, and that's why I've done what I've done for years. Maybe that's part of my frustration is that I thought it was going to be a lot easier to do, get this communication to the world out than it has been. You know, I see yeah. where it's already gone and where it's going. And I, again, I don't want to be a pessimist. I want to I'll be optimism that we can change this. And like today, I was like telling all my patients that I love them. And I go, that's better than telling you. I, I said, that's what this world needs. It needs more love, you know? Yeah. That may sound a little like 
cliche, but it's true, man. I mean, I do love my peeps in my practice. I do. They're like, they're like family here, you know? And there's some people I get, like I had a lady last week that was, I, let's just see what didn't fit the practice. She came in yeah. wearing a mask. So. Yeah, and you, you learn what fits in and what doesn't over time anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm not for everybody. I don't want to be for everybody, you yeah. know? I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I am who I am. I posted that last week because, you know, some people don't like like cause. So it's just like, if you had experienced what I've experienced for 40 years, just the brutal, just like, oh, you're not a real doctor, you're a quack, all this crap. And again, that doesn't even phase me anymore. But when you're first in practice, you know, you're kind of like, you might have some self-esteem issues, you know, I mean, when you're young. And everything that I knew with vaccines and geoengineering, glyphosate and fluoridation and all the stuff that I knew was going on in the world, everybody thought I was just this conspiracy nut, crazy, you know. But then again, after a while, you just get so just like frustrated. And then when you talk, it's not like I go up and say, I think I'm going to drop an F-bomb. I do it because I get so frustrated and it just comes out, you know. Just who you are. Yeah, it is. And it's just like, I I get it. And I I should, my dad says, you need to, you know, stop cussing. And I just go, I wish it was that easy. You know, that's worse than alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be, the, that'll be next on your list. Let, let's yeah, but it's just, and, and then I listen to guys like Tony Robbins, who's a master speaker. He says he does it for pattern interruption. I, and I don't know if I've ever done it for a reason, but. But, it, but let, that me guy that being, what? Even, let me tell you, even if you haven't like intentionally done it to pattern, pattern interrupt, it fucking. Right. Interrupts. Like it just does that. And it's who you are. So it's, it's not like you're doing it to like make right. a point anything like that now but i think i would probably not alienate like i had a guy wrote me like i did that health crusade in huntington or freedom crusade in huntington beach at old world we do those dead car pack society things and he loved everything about what i did i got people together my mission my purpose the music was great the speakers were all great but the thing he was pissed off that i dropped and i didn't even drop i think i was really conscious about not dropping the f-bonds i think i too slipped out and he was so livid about that i'm going it's like, if that's the worst thing you can say about that whole experience. And again, I look at, you're more pissed off about that F-bomb than the fact that these children are being maimed and murdered every day by a vaccine that I've been really upfront about, you know, and, and it's to some degree risking my life because it's when you're on the dirty dozen list, which I was before the le- most recent one came out, I mean, not that you're in the crosshairs, but it's just like, you sometimes wonder, you know, yeah. they, you know. Totally. So wait, so on the dirty dozen thing, when that list came out or around that time where it was like super hyped up, did you, did you experience any threats? Did you experience? We did what we, we got death threats the years. Yeah, of course we did. We got death threats from when Suzanne Humphrey was on stage. That's why we had to have, uh, she had an armed guard the whole time and we had to have full-blown security that was the first time ever at the uh, performing arts center that they started wanding everybody and they had to go through those airport things to check for me i remember that yeah and we were like the first time we did it we we really jacked it up because the line was so long so we got smart i mean i i i I was petrified i was because i want people to come by with the most amazing ritz carlton experience and when people have to wait an hour and a half to get in a line to get in yeah, I was pissed, you know, yeah. so we figured out a better way to do it, which, uh, 
cost a little bit more, a lot more money actually. And, but then we got a sponsor to pay for. So, there but, you go. so yeah. talk about, um, Cal Gem. I saw that it's coming up. You took a couple of, a couple of years of a break, right? And now it's all. It was it, yeah. It's like number one, they won't let us back at the venue. Mm. And they used to love us, to be honest with you. Hey, why? 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 Because they're very sensitive about, they're very left blue conscious. You know what I'm talking about? They're terrified of this. So, yeah, we'd have to wear a mask. Now, can you, me, can you imagine mask? me telling everybody they need to wear a mask? It, wait a second, Billy. In Orange County, you'd have to well, wear the thing is, and again, I don't know if they, recently I heard that they lifted it. But the thing is, they, they didn't really feel that it would be a good fit with what the, what was going on in the world. And they know my stance and all that shit. So they care and about also, they're, they're booked up for the next you know, two years anyway. So I, the thing is, it's actually a good one because, you know, everybody sees all the people there and they see all the vendors and they think I'm making all this money. They, I wish that was the case. I mean, actually, to be honest with you, Cal Jam cost me money because my pra- practice doesn't do as well. But just renting that friggin' place is 150,000 bucks. Then, the, then they have to use their performing arts center crew. It's another hundred grand. Then I have to have my own crew. It's another hundred grand. We're at 350 right there, you know, and I never did it to make money, man. I did it because I wanted to get the world. My whole vision was to fill like a stadium. And my vision is still that. And I I really figure out how we're going to do that is like, I'm not just going to market to chiropractors. I'm going to market to the entire world. That's right. A lot of chiropractors, I don't know if you've noticed, they kind of suck about being, and a lot of chiropractors are just into this for the money, which if that's great, if that's what your drive is. But my drive has always been as like Reggie Gold. If you're not out to change the world, your whole life is a waste of time. That's my vision. Yeah. So what, uh, do you know or can you announce where it's going to be taken? No, I don't know yet. You don't know yet, but it's no, we I'm still looking. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're looking at Anaheim Convention Center. Hmm. I, I, I would love to do an outdoor one. I mean, yeah. After watching Woodstock 99 train, I watched that last night. I had to turn it off. It was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's horrible. It just shows you just how shit can go real wrong real fast. They just their lineup was way too aggro for their very testosterone driven crowd, which they just it was I haven't even finished watching it. I I don't think I could take any more of it. It was just like because when you put on an event like Cal Jam, you you can see how things can go wrong. Like the, with just the security thing, you know, that really? you know, but you well, look at there and there was all this trash everywhere and the toilets were all fucked up and it was just a nightmare. I, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't and, talk about the anxiety right now. So stop. <laughs> okay. So, um, Billy, what's one thing that people are surprised because you put so much on social media, you're like such a big public figure and in, inside and outside of chiropractic. So, and you share openly, you're so authentic, all the things, but what's the one thing that people either don't know about you or when they find out they're like, they're surprised. I'm an introvert. <laughs> oh, no way. No, seriously, I, I, I have this weird kind of like introversion in situations where you know i i i have that introvert side i mean i know it's hard to believe but i used to be a total introvert when i was a kid i was terrified of my shadow i 
you know, like if I go to like an event where I don't know anybody and I walk in, I kind of always feel a little kind of introverted. You know, I feel uncomfortable. And there's a lot of situations where I just don't feel like when you're in car, when you're speaking, it's different because you're on stage and you can be who you are and, you know, people are going to receive you. But when you show up somewhere where nobody knows who you are and uh, you don't feel like you fit in 100 percent, that's just your own figment in your head. Yeah. yeah, I've got that. I mean, I, I'm not saying that facetiously. I'm saying that as that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, I don't always like, I'm not the guy that everybody sees me on stage, you know, and I'm, it's easy to be an extrovert on Facebook. I mean, that's why you got all these, you know, people sitting in their basements type and shit on, right. you know, yeah. in the messages or whatever. Uh, but I- while that's surprising, but like, while that is first impression surprising, but it also kind of makes sense because a, a lot of the people that I meet that are at your caliber, they, they are inter, you know, they're introverts. They do really well one to many, you know, when they're up on the stage, they do really well, but when they're doing one-on-one or even if they're, I don't have a problem with one-on-one either. It's just when I'm around in a situation where I don't know, like, here's a perfect example. I was at uh, oh, some seminar. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was uh, the wave or let's just say the wave. And I, you know, they said they were having a party in a room and I went into the room and I, I mean, this was even a chiropractor, but I didn't really know any of the chiropractors in the room. I just felt like, like an introvert. I felt like I did when I was a kid, you know, yeah. I was a geek. I was a geek as a kid. I was in the chess club. I was actually really smart too. I don't, yeah, think, I, know that. I don't think people knew that about me. Yeah. And I actually surprised myself, you know, I didn't know I was that smart either. And I moved here from Texas and I got, I was always in the top of the honor roll. Cause my name, last name started with a D. Yeah. And like first time I got, wow, I'm on the top of the honor roll. I got a 4.0 and, and everybody even said that to me, dude, are you smart? I, Cause they, I didn't look smart. So <laughs> if, if, you know, uh, guys, Billy is not only smart, but he's an introvert. Yeah. I don't know if I'm smart. I was just good at studying. You know, and again, I didn't, when I first moved here from Texas, I didn't know anybody in high school. I showed up at high school, like, didn't know I would eat lunch by myself. Yeah. That's when I got introduced to all that music. I got introduced. They had a big stereo. I don't know if I talked about this last time. Did I? No. It's amazing stereo. I think these humongous speakers and a big PA system. And they played this music I'd never heard before. They played Black Sabbath. Mm. He came on. And deep purple and oh my god it took me to the next level that's what cal jam really came from is like and then they had this big concert cal jam was all the bands that i heard at catholic school <laughs> so yeah i'm an introvert i was like in the chess club and wow and i, I the reason i got good grades because i didn't know anybody so i studied <laughs> I mean, I relate to that. I'm an introvert and I was a total nerd and in high school, I only did one year high school in, in the U S the rest of it, I was in Iran. So not only did I look different, I felt different. I didn't fit it like all the things. Have you taken the uh, Myers-Briggs test? No. What is that? Uh, It's like a, like a psychological test you take in and it tells you what kind of personality you have. I should do that. You have to take that. You have to take it and tell me what you are, because there is one personality type that uh, that is only 3% of the population. And I guarantee you fit into that. 
Okay, what is it? The personality type, it's, which is what I am. <laughs> it's called INFJ. So it's like introverted. I forget what N stands for. Uh, F is for feeling, like you go off of your feelings a lot. J is for judgment, like you judge yourself, you judge others. Not, not in a bad way you judge others, right, but like right. judge yourself relative to where you should be. Um, but the I and the INFJ is pretty strong for me, which is the introversion. Wow. So take it. And I'm curious if you, if you are that personality called Myers, what Myers Briggs, I'll send you the link. Okay, perfect. And then you'll have to tell everybody what you are next time we chat. Okay, cool. I don't know that we talked about this last time. I don't remember you telling me, but do you have someone who's had the most amount of influence in your life? Well, I always say Tom Petty. Oh, yeah. We did talk about that then. Fred Schofield also. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did. Okay, good stuff. Last question, since we're recording, and since you have always, like, said things and then they happened, like, people think, you know, conspiracy, but really it has been the truth that's been happening. What is? we had a lot of people that have come and apologized to me. As a result, yeah. yeah, because they thought I was crazy. They thought, like, people would they meet me in the elevator and go, "Dude, you're freaking nuts!" You're crazy. like, I would talk about nine eleven as you know, because it was an inside job. And people go, "That's so un-American." I go, "No, it's it's it's, it's re- actually really American." I'm freaking from Omaha, Nebraska, bro. I'm from the breadbasket. I'm freaking hardcore American, but I don't want this place destroyed by the freaking. You know, by it being inside job means there's people that did it. Okay. It's not what we think it was. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay, so- it's got a false flag to freaking create wars. I mean, they make money on the, the front side. They make money on the back side. They depopulate the planet. Everything that they do has reason. Okay. Your question. Sorry. Okay. Question. <laughs> you got excited about it. One to three, since we're recording, we're going to come back to this one to three years from now. We'll be like, see, we have this on recording. Billy said this one to three year. What's your pro- uh, projection or prediction of what's going to happen oh good question and i'm going to answer this perfectly for you and it's going to come true there's no way it can't come true Mm. as i've been telling i'm going on this boat trip here in a couple weeks which i'm getting screwed royally on because i paid for the whole boat and i got all these people canceled Mm. i'm stuck holding fucking bag on that whole thing Mm. cheap cheap ass chiropractors you know what i'm saying why am i not invited you want to go? You can go. I don't know if it'd be safe for you to go <laughs> with man on a boat in the middle of freaking Indian Ocean. Yeah. Where are you going? I'm going to Indonesia. Oh, okay, cool. So I chartered a boat for $40,000 and then I paid for it with all my own money. And then these guys were supposed to pay me back. And now they're all canceling last minute. Mm. And I'm stuck holding their bullshit. Uh, so I'm taking friends for free. So if you want to go, you can go. But I can't say it will be safe for you. Uh <laughs> And this the boat was scheduled to go May 2020 and then pandemic pandemic happened. And I've been waiting till now to go because now it just opened up. Yeah. Uh, so my prediction and I've been using uh, to sell the trip is that you're not going to be able to travel as liberal, liberal, liberally mm-hmm. as we do now. It's, there's going to be a lot of more restrictions on international travel so if you want to see the world, I would, in fact, by 2030, they predict there will be no travel for recreation or any type of uh, positive experience. You will only be able to travel for work. I don't know if it's going to get to that point, but I'm going to tell you it's going to be heavily restricted. 
Mm. Prices are going to be cost prohibitive. We're only ex- wealthy people can go, especially if we have any inc- more increase. So that's my prediction. Restricted travel as far as uh, for recreation and vacations is concerned. Wow, that's going to suck. That's like my number one value is like freedom to freedom in general, but also freedom. Hey, I'll put my passport up against anybody's passport. Everything. That would suck. We need, we all need to get together chiropractors and, and buy a private jet. That'd be good. That would have been great during the whole pandemic, huh? Totally. That's a good idea though. We should do that. I'm in. I mean, they're, they're not that hard to buy. I mean, no. if we have, we have we a- got like 40 guys and then you could, you like, you'd have so much time that you'd be allotted to yeah. use. That would be probably something we should all talk about. Great idea. Okay, great idea coming. But I don't even know if that would work. Why? Well, it would, yeah, down the road. Land in, let's say Heathrow, and they say, well, you can't come from the United States. You're, you know, we're quarantining anybody because they're going to run with this viral thing for a long time. They, 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 but I think the wheels are falling off. That that's why I do what I do. So hopefully, that my prediction won't come true. So we'll see. There's only one way to find out. And while we wait, we raise awareness around it, like you are doing. And travel as much as you can while you still can. Travel as much as you can. I'm yeah. actually concerned. I got two weeks to go, man. They're not going to roll out monkeypox in time for me to not have my trip, you know? But then there's also certain uh, documentation that you need to travel to a lot of places now, too. It's going to make it's going to be a lot more difficult. I mean, it's already gotten way more difficult than when I was a kid when you could walk up to John Wayne Airport. Yeah, no friggin'. You just walked up to the friggin' plane and showed him your ticket and got on the friggin' plane. Yeah. You got to go through security. You got to go through and have them check your passport. You know, and then you got to get on a plane or a mask and you got to follow all the rules. And it's just like, it's not like it used to be. No. A stepwise incremental progression to where they want to go, whereas you're not, they don't even want you to travel anymore. So. Well, I've got travel plans one week out of the month for the for the entire this year and then a whole bunch for next year. So I'm going to one week out of the month, every month, one week out of the month, every month this year. And then I, I still got a plan next year. But that's that's what I want to do. Wanna this, just... That's what I've always done. I don't do it every month, but I'll do like a major. I mean, I don't want to go to Indonesia every month. I mean, I, I got to have a pra- I love my practice, too. Yeah. Uh, it's work hard, play harder. As I'm, we're actually taking a photographer on the trip to document not only the surfing, but also just the interaction and the banter on the boat. Uh, and I did that for the helicopter trip, just show people that, you know, you can work hard, but you can also play harder. Totally. And I think it's important for chiropractors to do that because you, like people go, well, aren't you going to retire sometime soon? Or No, because I, I, I balance it out. Chiropractors yeah. burn out because I got chiropractic friends that never take vacations. I go, what is wrong with you? You know, yeah. like I said, every quarter I take a major trip. I just got back from Costa Rica for two weeks. I'm going on this trip for two weeks. Thanksgiving, I'm going to go for, I think I might go back to Costa Rica because it's super simple yeah. and I'm a great spot down there. And now Christmas, I'll go somewhere and then yeah. I'm going to go helicopter skiing again. If I, now that I figure I can get into Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Nazi-ville, Canada. Yeah, you got to take a trip and you got to disconnect from work. And your patients want you to take a break too. They they like, go, oh, nobody can do what I. Yeah, you you you're you can have somebody fill in for you. So yeah, totally. And you come back and you're 
you're at a different frequency. And yeah, just- and everybody goes, oh, we missed you, Dr. Bill. I mean, the kids say that because kids don't lie, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So good. Anything else you wanted to cover today that we didn't get to? I feel like we talked about drugs. We talked about. No, they weren't drugs. They were fungi. Fungi. We talked about synthetic versions of chemicals made in plants. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Even though. What else? That poppy probably. What's that? What else do we need to cover? Is there anything else you want to cover? I think what I really try to get across to people too, is that if you're not under chiropractic care, you're missing the boat. I'm probably the best biohack on the planet. You got guys like Dave Asprey talking about, you know, I don't know, all the crazy shit he does, but number one, probably most beneficial longevity tool, health elixir is chiropractic. And I attribute a lot of my vitality and youth to the fact that I've been getting regular adjustments for over 40 years. Again, I also feel it's important that you eat super healthy, eat high vibrancy foods, uh, get some exercise, find an exercise. Like for me, surfing and snowboarding, I love to do them. And then when there's no waves or no snow, I've got my beach workout, find something that you love to do, uh, get proper rest, which I really had. That's what I've had struggles with. And I've never didn't because my brain doesn't shut up at night. You got all these chinchillas in my brain going crazy. Uh, and then make sure you're out and then make sure you're happy, you know, yeah. and you don't always have to be happy. We all have down days. I and mean, when you have a down day, just accept it as it's a down day. Like I had a down day yesterday mm-hmm. because I got shitty nights of sleep the night before. And then so you slept really well last night. So, oh my God, best, the best night of sleep I've had, uh, from my aura ring she told me the best night I've had in probably six months. Nice. Because I went to bed at a decent hour. There to go, go to bed at a decent hour, which I'm not good at. I'm a night owl, which I need to be less of. Take, take and that. that's it, man. It ain't that hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So here's what we learned to recap from today's conversation. Take fun, guy. Have fun. Take vacation. Get adjusted. And then listen back in in a year to three years and watch Billy's predictions come true about travel remember i said that from the stage i said that at cal jam once i go you're going to get to a point where you're not going to be able to get on a plane without verification and that happened i mean yeah uh, no that's why i got you on camera on a camera and on a recording what's your prediction so we'll see perfect. these satellites are going to be a thing in a year to three years from now yep unless things significantly change unless we all wake up Unless we all wake up. Awesome. Well, I can't wait till Cal Jam. Thank you again for being on the show with me. Oh, it's fun. I'll be on the show with you anytime you want. You're so beautiful. I'm telling it again because I like to be non-PC. I'm not a PC guy. (laughs) You know, I say to all those PC people, you can basically eat shit. (laughs) That's funny. Awesome. Thank you, Billy. And uh, thanks everyone for watching or listening to this episode. And stay tuned, subscribe, all the things. And we'll see you guys next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.
elevate.me and elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.